Pashas Masay, the third Aliyah, bring this to Moshe's directive to the Jewish people, which to a certain degree we might feel as a review. Moshe tells them, you're going into the land, and this, this is how it's going to go. Now, Rashi explains that when Moshe does this, it's because he wants them to know that in crossing the Jordan River, it's with a condition. It's with a condition that they're going to fulfill the, the plan as, as stated by Hashem. In fact, if you fast forward to, uh, to the book of Yehoshua, when Joshua is leading them through the Jordan, he stops and he, and he says to them, we're in the middle of experience a miracle. God has split the Jordan River and we're only able to go in because we're going to fulfill our condition of destroying the nations who are here, conquering the land of Israel and getting rid of, of their idols. Interestingly, the word the Torah uses here is an evan maskis, and that is describes the way the idolaters would have special stones on the floor that they would bow in front of, which is why, just an interesting note, why we today, when we bow on the floor, we always put something between us and the floor that it shouldn't look like idolatry. But Moshe re- re- explains this very clearly, that if you don't conquer the land of Israel properly, you won't stay in it. Unfortunately, again, if you read the book of Yoshua, when they end up not fully conquering it, that's... That's a major factor that we ultimately can't stay in the land of Israel. And so he goes on, Moshe goes on, you'll conquer it, you'll do your thing, you'll do what you need to, and then you'll divide up the land to nine and a half tribes because, again, two and a half have gotten it already. Moshe goes through and he starts to, and we'll see more of this, explaining the exact boundaries. The boundaries teach us a few very important things. One is... Um, it helps us understand the journey of the Jews to put pieces together, appreciating all the way back in the, in the earlier parshios, or earlier portions in the book of Bamidbar, but also all the way back to the book of Shemos of Exodus, because as we, as we learn the boundaries, we understand what it means when the Torah says they didn't leave Mitzrayim, when they left Egypt, they did not leave in a straight manner. God took them in a, in a roundabout fashion, and that's why, it took, that's why they crossed the, the uh, Yamsuf, the Reed Sea, at, at the point where they did, and that's where they, were, where they were in the desert. And then when they asked other nations to come through, how, um, how they said no and how that impacted the travel, once we understand the borders of Israel, we understand where they could have gone and where they were forced to go. Another important thing to Rashi points out to appreciate the borders of the land of Israel is that there are many mitzvos that are only applicable when we're in the land of Israel. Um, and therefore, we have to know where the borders are. Today, this is just an interesting note again. Today, one of the fascinating halachic discussions, since there are so many Jews in Israel, is where exactly are the boundaries because so many halachos, so many Jewish laws are relevant only if you're, if, you're, if you're in the land of Israel, meaning it could be legally Israel today, but not halachically Israel, and that would change the rules of it. In a totally fascinating note, um, Rashi tells us that you'll see the ways described as it comes to the Mediterranean, to the Yam HaGadol, to the Big Sea. It doesn't say specifically that, it's, that it ends at the beach. Rather, there are islands in the, in the Mediterranean that could still be part of the land of Israel, which is very, very interesting. You know, the, I guess the, the legal boundaries of the country don't end right at the water. Even some islands a certain distance out could still be part of the land of Israel. A really fascinating piece of, of, uh, of Torah.